Welcome to Clean Tech Talk with Important Media, where we discuss the latest news in clean cars, clean energy, and clean technology. I'm Chris DeMauro, editor of Gas2.org. And I'm Zachary Shahan, director of cleantechnica.com and evobsession.com. Today we're talking about the CEO of GM's comments on the Chevy Volt and news regarding the Cadillac ELR, uh, the 2016 Chevy Malibu Hybrid, Tesla Model S 70D, and Tesla's pricing strategy on its website. Chris, what's going on with the CEO of Cadillac? Well, okay. So the CEO of Cadillac's name is Johan de Nyssen. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's how I'm saying it right now. And his whole deal is he used to be the CEO of Audi. And over the summer of 2014, he was hired by Cadillac to be their new CEO to help bring them into the 21st century more. And the whole thing is, back when he was the CEO of Audi, he said anybody who buys a Chevy Volt is an idiot. And now he's the guy in charge of Cadillac, which has a Volt-based Cadillac ELR, their plug-in hybrid. And he basically said in an interview that they're not building a successor to the ELR. Now, how I took that is they're killing the ELR and they don't have a replacement. And that's pretty much that. He says, no, a new ELR is coming, but it won't be replaced once the product cycle ends. And he came on to my story and left several comments explaining that, you know, he was a big believer in this technology and he personally drives an ELR and all this good stuff. But, you know, uh, it, the proof is in the pudding. Well, it's, I mean, it, it's really one of the more interesting stories of the year. So uh, w- when did he make this statement about the Chevy Volt? And, and the ex- exact words were that they, the, she- the Chevy Volt was for idiots, right? It, anybody that buys a Chevy Volt is an idiot, I believe were his exact words. And this was back in 2009. He was not a big fan of electrification back in 2009. And he was the head of Audi. Yeah, he was the CEO of Audi. And he did, let's, let's be clear, he did a great job with Audi. He really made them into a luxury automaker that sets a standard in a lot of ways. And, you know, not for nothing, Audi's doing a lot of plug-in cars right now. And I'm sure he had something to do with that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many things that come to mind here. It's really, I mean, first of all, he's, he made these comments in 2009. So there's a good chance that he was converted, right? I mean, uh, a lot of people thought electric cars sucked, and then they got proven otherwise, you know, proven wrong. On the other hand, when you're ahead of an auto company, you should really understand. I mean, you should have a, have your, I think you should have enough knowledge and experience by that point to to know what you think. think. So it, it seems... It seems like a flip-flop, like a political flip-flop. <laughs> you know, I th- in fairness to him, in fairness to him, he did try to go back on the record and explain what he meant. And his whole thing is the Volt costs too much for the performance and quote-unquote luxury it offers. You know, he's the head of a luxury automaker. He has a different set of standards for what a $45,000 car or $40,000 car should offer. One of the really funny things, of course, is that for two years running – uh, based on polling by the Consumer Reports, Chevy Volt owners were happiest with happier with their car than owners of any other car in the United States. So obviously, it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know people weren't making a mistake buying it. They ended up loving it, and uh, it had you know 
maybe not some of the luxury features you would expect at that price, but it had a great drivetrain and, and great uh, electric drive option with, uh, without having to worry about running out of charge because you have a gas extender. So, so obviously it did really well. It made people really happy. Um, and yeah, maybe his standards for what, uh, what's worth spending money on were just wrong <laughs> for a lot of people. On the other hand, you know, if, if what you're looking for is luxury, that's not what the Volt offers for the price. The Cadillac ELR, of course, is a very luxurious car. It gets criticized for its price a lot because it doesn't have a lot of the performance and qualities of the Tesla Model S. On the other hand, it's more luxurious in, in some ways, and that's what uh, a lot of Cadillac ELR, ELR owners appreciate about it. And, and you know, in fairness to uh, Johan and Cadillac, they are going down the road of electrification. In fact, they seem to be pushing it very hard. Um, there's a, a plug-in hybrid version of the new Cadillac CT6 is set to debut in Shanghai soon. And it's just overall, you know, sometimes your words come back and bite you in the ass. At the end of the day, that's what I know that better than most people. If you Google my name, you will find some articles I wrote that I regret writing. But that's yeah. how life is. That's yeah. why he gets paid the big bucks. Yeah, as a professional blogger, we, we <laughs> you know, you, you learn that, you know, you, you make mistakes and you, sh you say things that you shouldn't have and, and later you realize it. So I, I would just hope that that's what happened. Um, but it's good to see that, you know, I think GM, GM is sort of split from what I understand in leadership where, you know, you've got some people really uh, excited and bullish about electric vehicles and then you've got others who still think, um, you know, it's not the future for some reason. Well, but and I think that's actually a good segue into our next story. Uh, with, what, with the Malibu, the 47-mile-per-gallon Chevy Malibu. You know, uh, this was car was revealed at the New York Auto Show, and it, it, it really shows that GM, at least part of GM, is really into the idea of competing with cars like the Toyota Prius, the Ford Fusion Hybrid. They've really stepped up their game. They've taken this from just another has-been to a potential leader in the fuel economy field. Yeah, well... Uh... You know, I think everyone who knows me at all knows my stance that I think it's better to just go ahead and buy a plug-in car. I think they're much better for a lot of reasons. But the fact of the matter is, right now, at the moment, based on current consumer awareness and technology or whatever, uh, conventional hybrids uh, are selling at much higher volumes than, than plug-in cars. So the fact that GM is looking to compete with the Prius, basically a very similar mile per gallon, looks like a good car. I, I think that's a, that's a good sign, you know. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the other thing, interesting thing about this is, is the technology in the Malibu Hybrid is actually coming from the 2016 Volt, which is a plug-in car. The Malibu Hybrid is not a plug-in car, but it's using a, a, a big chunk of the, the Volt's drivetrain to achieve this phenomenal fuel economy. They're saying 47 miles per gallon or 48 miles per gallon on the highway. I mean... That's that's really that would really put it that would put it up there with the Prius, and this is a bigger car. Well, I think something a lot of people don't realize is the Volt really got a lot of good attention in the in the auto auto press, uh, auto among auto journalists uh, for you know what was developed. It won a lot of awards. It, it's an impressive um, technology, and Bob Lutz was very proud of it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people at GM were, were very proud of it. Uh, the Model S came along not too long after and stole all of the glory of basically any <laughs> any electric car of any type but um but it's it's a it's an impressive drivetrain i think and uh it's good to see that the chance using it more broadly 
And, you know, going back to the comments, uh, you know, the, the CEO of Cadillac is making on gas, too. I think that really shows, I, in my opinion, that he's that he's serious about about this technology and about this future. Because, you know, if he was just bullshitting, if he was just saying what he has to say in that position, he wouldn't be getting on gas, too, on the weekend and defending <laughs> the, the GM electric uh, lineup, you know, so I think I think that's a good sign that they're they're not just bullshitting. They're not just doing it because they have to. They they feel good about it. GM wants to be a leader in this field. I, I really really do believe that, and I, I think that they've they're, they're not pussyfooting around it anymore. Like they're ready to start taking big bold steps forward with the two hundred mile Chevy Bolt, with the fifty mile per gallon uh, Chevy Volt. With the the Malibu hybrid, with the the Cadillac CT6 plug-in hybrid, like these are cars that are really going to put GM at the forefront if they're done if they're done right. You know, I haven't you know we haven't really driven any of these cars, so it's hard to say. You know, you can't commit to it, but I like where GM is heading with this. Right. I mean, it, we we try to parse out the the fakers from the re, from the real EV enthusiasts a lot, and you know, of course, we do a lot of bashing of the big car companies who are just producing compliance cars, and we discuss the different you know tiers of who's serious about ele the electric revolution. Um, GM gets mentioned here that I mean, you get Nissan, BMW, GM get get discussed a bit, but I mean, there's no there's no denying that GM is serious about it, I think, with the announcements about the Bolt, with the development of the Volt, with uh, with these other announcements we've just mentioned. Uh, so it's good to see. I mean, it's not Tesla, but it's, it's I think, excited about this change. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of Tesla, there we go. We're into our next story uh, on, what was it, Friday or Thursday? Uh, Tesla Motors announced the new base model S, the 70D, which comes standard with, I mean, this this is the new dream car, okay? This is the new dream car, basically. It's got the dual-motor all-wheel drive. It's got 329 horsepower. It has a 240-mile range, and it does 0 to 16 5.2 seconds for $75,000. Oh, and it also comes with the supercharger uh, capability standard. It also comes with navigation standard. This is... It's, a, it's about four grand more than the car it replaces the standard 60 kilowatt hour Model S with rear wheel drive, but it's so much better in every way. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great announcement. Um, I, you know, there, there are a lot of things with it and, you know, it took some time to digest everything and try to, it's still maybe not fully digested in my head, but it's, <laughs> but it's, um, it's really exciting. And one of the things I, I was thinking about is how many people would be shifting you know lo looking to shift their orders to go f to get this instead of what they had ordered um because it offers a great deal uh it's i've seen some arguments that you know it's hard to justify the which one that the tesla 85d or it's hard to justify the next the next step step up because this one is really attractive and it you know has like you said great performance great specs and uh, comes in at a good price for what it offers and I, I mean like you said i think this is a dream car this is what it, i think there are a lot of people who should be buying fifty thousand dollar cars who are probably trying to step up and get this because it's it's so much value for the money it really is and it also makes me wonder you know like you said why is, is, is stepping up worth it i mean 
Tesla's got to have something else in store now. Like, is that now that they've gone up 10 kilowatt hours in their base battery and the price really didn't go up that much? Does that mean there's a, a 95 kilowatt hour or 100 kilowatt hour battery around the corner? Could be. I mean, you get something when you step up, but honestly, uh, this is a really good value from you, what it seems. You do get some things. It should be noted. You get more horsepower, your, your 60 mile per hour time drops. There's a few more standard features, but I mean, yeah, that, if it was my money, you know what I mean. The argument I read about it was like, is it really worth ten thousand worth ten thousand more? You know, I, it depends on your priorities, of course. And of course, you know, the, the top of the line P eighty five D is uh, you know, it's a monster. So, so if yeah, you want, it starts at like one hundred five. So you know, if you have the money and, and you want a monster, that's the car to get, right? But but this is really exciting. And I was thinking just today, you know, one of the ideals of cars that, you know, attracts people to them is the freedom of, of driving, the freedom of, you know, you can go anywhere when you want. And uh, it hit me, you know, if you get a, if you if you have a Model, Model S and you have access, free access to the supercharger network, you can explore the United States or Europe or, or you know, increasingly Asia uh you can explore it with no like fuel with no fuel costs you just go from one free supercharger to the next so it offers tremendous amount of freedom if you want to do such trips in a gas mobile it's you're going to spend a lot of freaking money on gas so you have to think about that but once you've bought the model s that's a lot of free potential you know free travel that you could be doing it is a lot of free travel but you know that that brings us to our final story of the day which is uh, Elon Musk's recent claim that all the free travel and lower energy costs that you end up with the Model S means, you know, you could save $10,000 on fuel costs over five years, which has caused something of a hullabaloo in the electric car company because Musk is saying with federal tax credits, state tax incentives, and uh, gas savings, you can have a 70D for as little as $55,000. Yeah, I mean the the real big issue here is that it's it's putting the price, the big price on the website at $10,000 less than you actually have to pay because of the gas savings and uh tax credits. So it's pulling what, you know, a lot of people hate about car dealers, this kind of it seems deceptive uh if you go to the website and you look at it, it they state very clearly this is including estimated gas savings and tax credits but still the big price right there is not actually the price you have to pay for the car and you know feedback from our readers on clean technica have been pretty i think unanimous that they don't like this approach uh, elon musk came, went on twitter and defended it um you know because it was causing a lot of controversy and you know he said we debated this but there really is ten thousand dollars gas saved by most owners over five years, average ownership period. Since it's true, we are sticking with it. And I, I, I can see his point on one hand. The average American family spends about $2,000 a year on gas. That, that, is, that is a fair number to go from. Um, on the other hand, some people drive a Toyota Prius. In fact, that's the most traded in car for a Tesla Model S is the Toyota Prius. They're not spending $2,000 a year on gas unless they're driving 100,000 miles a year. Do you know what I mean? Like, No, definitely. I mean, you know, I, we did, I did some, a lot of comparisons a few years ago and published them, uh, you know, comparing the Leaf to the Rogue to the Juke, different electric cars to similar gas mobile models. 
And basically, when you do that, you realize you have to make a lot of assumptions about miles driven because, I mean, if you're driving 25,000 miles, it's a lot different than the average 13,000 miles. If you're only driving 5,000 miles, I mean, you make up that savings in how much you drive. The more you drive, the more you're going to save compared to if you had driven that much in a gas mobile. So that's a huge assumption. And then you've got electricity rates, you've got gas prices, which fluctuate wildly. So you can't make an across the board. I mean, you can say this is the average, but the average is not, I mean, you, you can't advertise the average because there's huge variation in these assumptions. You know, and part of the problem is, you know, the way that the federal tax credit is set up is it's, it's a rebate on your taxes. So they don't take that off the price of the car. You have to wait until tax season. You have to wait until you're doing your taxes for that year that you bought the car to get the money back. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like for somebody like me, like, you know, I can't swing that. That's, you know, if they took the money off the car at the point of sale, you know, that makes a big difference to a middle class person. But eh, people buying a model less, less of a difference. Yeah. And I mean, also, if you're talking five year savings, there's opportunity costs, what you could have done with that money. You, there's discount rate. What's the discount rate there? There are a lot of factors and a lot of assumptions. So I love the idea of very clearly showing people, hey, this is the average saving, you know, making it clear you save money when you, you when you have a, an electric car. But I don't think that should be the big price that stands out that you see most clearly i, I think i, I think they should have the sticker price and then they should have something really obvious and nice that that explains oh most people save this much on gas this much on the tax credit uh, yeah know. that's what i would do i would just put together a thing and be like how can the how can you own a model s for the equivalent of a fifty-seven thousand dollar car do you know what i mean something like yeah. that like say you don't have to pay for gas but you're also not paying for oil changes you use your brakes less you know all of these things you know these are all factors you could work in and probably even add up to more than ten thousand dollars when you think about it but it's just it, it is a little it is a little shady the way they're doing it i don't like it definitely i mean i you know i think a lot of people appreciate and the tremendous work Elon has done to educate the public about electric cars to change the perception. I think a lot of people appreciate the goal of, of this, but I, I haven't seen anyone who, who, who says this is a good idea the way they're doing it. And one, in, I mean, one indication, they're not doing this in Australia because if they did, it would be illegal and they would get in trouble. So if, if something you're doing is illegal in a country like Australia, then I think that's a pretty good indication you probably shouldn't be doing it. Well, you know, Elon Musk is from Mars and all, so, you know, maybe he just does different math differently from us. You know yeah. what I mean? And let me give the disclosure. I I own stock in Tesla. I'm not a, I'm not shorting Tesla. So, I, you know, I'm not here to bash Tesla and bring down the stock price. I wish this actually really sort of annoys me as a, as a shareholder because I, it, it risks the whole awesome reputation that Tesla has built for directness, for honesty, for being different than, you know, the guys who are typically trying to rip you off. So... You know, I get the intention. I understand, yeah, the justification for it, but I do think it, it's a mistake. And I think hopefully, um, with the feedback, Tesla should should uh, go ahead and change it. Yeah. Well, you know, Musk does what Musk does. At the end of the day, that's our show. Um, join us next week. Check in again to get your very needed electric fix. I'm Chris Tomorrow. And I'm Zachary Shahan. Thanks for listening.